good uh, for those of you who have fathers that are here with you today. That's a blessing. It's a really good thing. For those of you who have fathers that are uh, still living, that's a blessing. My own father passed away on May 9th, 2014. And when I thought about that date, I realized as I'd look around the auditorium, there were a number of people here that never knew my dad. And he was an elder here. Uh, Mom and dad been here at Northside since the fall of 1987. Uh, served as an elder. Uh, was an integral part of the, converse, in the congregation for many years. But I suspect many of you, uh, okay, that's nice. Don't have any idea who you're talking about. Some of you may go, oh, yeah, I remember Justin. I remember Justin. And, uh, you know, we, we all kind of look at our fathers and we're shaped by them. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. But I like to think I was shaped well by my father. I certainly have fond memories of him. He was a model to me as a husband, as a teacher, as an elder in the church, and as a father. I inherited many characteristics from him. Dad had a love of history. I enjoyed it thoroughly, particularly military history. Probably something that he got as a child. His, uh, he was a young man during the Second World War. His two older brothers uh, served. And uh, Uncle, Uncle Lowell in the Navy in the Pacific. Uncle Lyle is a, a gunner on a B-24 in Italy. And so as a 14, 15-year-old boy, older brothers come and marching home from the war, he idealized them. And uh, I think that probably instilled a lot of that love. Love music. Dad liked to conduct. <laughs> liked to conduct. Uh, you put on a Boston Pops, particularly the, the marches, and he's going to be conducting. If, if you notice me song leading, yeah, uh, that, that came from Dad. You can blame him for that. Puttering around. I, I didn't know whether that was actually an official term or not, but if you, if you Google it, it is an official term. It means just kind of idling around doing small, insignificant tasks, that actually brings some satisfaction. Suzanne will tell you, I like to putter around. That's another characteristic I got from Dad. Teaching mannerisms. Those of you who weren't here before 2014 don't know anything about this, but some of those who were before 2014, uh, I've been told uh, many times that, yeah, you're kind of, you know, you standing up there, your dad standing up there is kind of a similar thing. Jessica's kind of nodding a little bit right now. Um, Je- Jessica can relate to that because her father, Landon, her grandfather, Ken, Landon could be standing up here saying some of these same things that I'm saying right now. There's, there's a thing that comes out of this, and, and this comes mostly from my wife, not always in a complimentary fashion. You're just like your dad. Tracy, you're really like that. I think Tracy's used that on me a time or two. And I'm not sure it's always complimentary either. <laughs> um, we share alike, uh, share a lot. And you, you go, well, how does that happen? How does that happen? And the typical response would be, well, that's how I was raised. Grew up in that household. Grew up with him. But we all know families where children turn out differently. You've got, you've got 
one son that takes this path and another takes another path, a, a, a daughter that goes this way and, and the other sibling goes the other way. How, how we're raised doesn't always seem to be the, the real indicator of how we turn out, does it? My sister and I like to look at my brother and say, he must have come from someplace else. <laughs> Carrie, if you're watching this online, I apologize for that statement, but yeah, we do that at times. Um, you know, we see that. Wow, you know, that's a great family. How did that one child just go, go the direction they did? Different interests, different, different outcomes in their life. We, we see this happening. And, and, and so that, that breeds this discussion of, Okay, well, are we just raised that way? Or are we born a certain way? The, the genetics versus environment conversation that you get into. Uh, Dr. Eleanor Maccabee, professor at Stanford University back in 2000, uh, wrote a, a dissertation entitled Parenting and Its Effects on Children. And it's interesting because a lot of the research and a lot of psychology nowadays says, you know, we're really more a product of our genetics than anything. Uh, who we are, what we do, is, is really all about just this alchemy that we have that makes up our physical bodies. There may be some truth to that. There is some truth to that, psychologists will say. But there's still that environmental component. And, and we see that conflict between the two. We see kids raised in the same environment. One goes one way, one goes another way. We see that there's been studies of this. Identical twins who, for whatever reason, were separated at birth. You think, okay, well, if, if it's all genetics, they would end up with the same outcome, and they don't. Or, on the other hand, identical twins that are raised in the same household should turn out the exact same way because they have the same environment, the same, and they don't turn out the same way. So there's, there's this alchemy that you get into that's, that's rather interesting that we don't know. Now, now the rea- reality is, is when we start talking about which of our characteristics are genetic versus environment, it's one thing we discover real quickly, and that is we don't control our genetics. I, I, I'm, I'm the product of my mother and father in that regard. The, the, the genes that came about, the, all that that happened physiologically, uh, that's who I am. Uh, and guess what? As a, parent, as a parent, if you want to control the genetic outcome of your children, the only thing I can tell you is choose your spouse really well. <laughs> if, if you want to have NBA basketball players in your family, don't marry somebody that's barely five foot tall. It's probably not going to happen for you. <laughs> You know, um, there, there are certain things that we can control and certain things that we can't control. And, and the reality is, is whatever it is in our genetics that influences who we are is something that we have to overcome rather than we deal with. But what is within our control, what, what, what we can influence is the environment. The way we raise our children. And as fathers, this is our charge. The, the nature versus the nurture, we can really control the nurture side of it. And that's our call. And the Bible actually has plenty to say about this. The Bible has plenty to say about this. The Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, has a real focus on teaching and on discipline. Real focus on this. Just consider a few passages with me. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4, verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely 
so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So one of the charges laid down to the Israelites is, is they're moving forward, going into the promised land and all that. Continuing on just a couple chapters later in Deuteronomy, uh, following the, the introduction of the Ten Commandments, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That ever-present opportunity to instruct, to nurture, grow your children in that regard. Following again in, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 and 19, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Teaching is such an integral part of what we're doing. This is how we, this is how we deal with these things because the reality is there's so many things that are drawing us away. And, and we all have need of this, but particularly as fathers, not excluding mothers here, but as Father's Day, particularly as fathers, these are things that we're called to do. There's so much in the world that draws us away. You know, the environment that our children are raised in is, is influenced by a number of things. Obviously, what happens in the family. But in addition to that, uh, what happens um, in the peer groups that they run with, the friends that they associate with, the people that they're around, there's a lot of influence there. It's going to happen in, in contexts that are outside of the home. School, for young children in daycare, in the clubs that they're involved with, uh, the sports teams. All these things are, are influencing and driving people. What kind of influences are those? What do we need to be doing as parents to make sure that if those influences aren't what they should be, that they're being appropriately countered? In addition to teaching the... Discipline is a, a significant component of Old Testament teaching. Uh, from Proverbs, uh, one that we're real familiar with, Proverbs thirteen twenty four: Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. That, that, that probably has a really bad connotation for a lot of us because the rod is so often, that's a lot of us, giving them a good, giving them a good whooping to get them back in line. Uh, it's been suggested that that rod is more of the shepherd's crook guiding the sheep along. But still, that concept of discipline, of guiding where they need to be, making sure that direction is the appropriate direction. Proverbs twenty three thirteen: do not, hold, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with a rod, they will, they will not die. Punish them with a rod and save them from death. That might have more of a discipline component there of the traditional view of the rod there. But, you know, um, okay, I'm not going to tell on you, Mom, on spankings that I received as a kid. But I, I never got one I deserved, I can tell you that. My, my siblings may have, but I didn't. I never got one with a rod, let's put it that way. But there was a hairbrush one time that I do remember. You can ask Mom about that. I'll make her tell her on herself. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen: a rod and a reprimand impart wisdom. The child left undisciplined disgraces its mother, and I would say father as well. Proverbs twenty nine seventeen: discipline your children, and they will give you peace. 
They will bring you the delights you desire. It's kind of a general principle behind all this, also in Proverbs. And this is one that, that everybody's familiar with. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. It's one of those passages that becomes a little bit interesting to us because we, we, we kind of look at that as, uh, as the guarantee that good things will result uh, from raising children well. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. We'd, we'd like for it to be that simple and that easy, but the reality is, is once those lessons are instilled even at a young age, you know, you know, you know what the path is. The New Testament takes a little different path. The, the emphasis on the discipline and teaching isn't quite as strong there, but there is a really interesting uh, note there. And, and what I would say is the New Testament's all about uh, perhaps not alienating your children. For instance, uh, what, what Barry read just, uh, just a few minutes ago, Ephesians, in the fourth verse of Ephesians 6, fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So the, that training and instruction is there, but did you catch that? Don't exasperate your children. How good of an audience do you get when somebody just doesn't want to hear what you got to say? There, there is this element of, are you connecting in any way? Are you providing the opportunity to engage in any way? Similarly, Paul in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. So you see those words, exasperate, embitter. There's a relationship that has to be there for this teaching and instruction, the training and instruction in the Lord to take hold. What are you doing as a father to make sure that happens? Are you engaging your child? Are you being the parent to the child that, that the child can recognize the, the love and care and attention that you bring to them in what you're trying to do? That's our challenge. That's our challenge. So, summary for fathers is, is actually fairly simple when you get right down to it. Teach. Discipline. Don't alienate. There you go. Simple checklist. Teach, discipline, don't, don't alienate. Or maybe a better way to put it is, do as God has done for us. In the New Testament, if you look at references to Father in the New Testament, the vast majority of the word, when the word Father occurs in the New Testament, it refers to God. Not, not, not talking about physical fathers at all. The vast majority of the time. And interestingly enough, many of the biblical references to children aren't necessarily about physical children, but children of God. That family relationship, that dynamic that's been set up by scriptures is so important. In Deuteronomy 14.1, you are the children of the Lord your God. That relationship has been modeled for us, it's been established for us, it's, it's biblical Hosea 1.10 says, you will be called children of the living God. Matthew 5.9, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called children of God. Luke 6.35, um, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. In John 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. 
Romans 8, 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Galatians 3, 26, so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. And in 1 John 3, 2, dear friends, now we are children of God. Goose, you like to say, you know, just, just preach straight out of the text, there you go. Thank you, Goose. The Bible's clear on this. There is a father-child relationship here that is so important for us. It's been modeled for us. It's what we're about. As physical fathers, we're rewarded when our children do well. It's good to see them grow up and and do things that are great, you know, perhaps even see, go, go beyond what we ever did. Sometimes we're amazed by it. Sometimes we're, <laughs> we're, we're taken by surprise. Um, I'll, I'll tell Michelle's here. I, I, both Suzanne and I are surprised because Michelle and Emily both did better academically than their parents did. We're still not sure how that happened. Um, but, you know, those things happen. <laughs> and and it, it's a wonderful thing to see that. Uh, the psalmist says, children are the heritage of God, offspring a reward for him, uh, from him. And, uh, and, and when we see our children do well, when we see them succeed in life, when we see them make good decisions, take a good path in life, it's a reward. It's a blessing. It's a wonderful thing to see. Um, we look, uh, Bill, you see you and Lois sitting there with, with Steve and Jessica and, and your grandkids sitting there, Cor and Silas sitting there. It's a blessing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's what we want to see in life. That's what all of us as parents want to see. Don't you think God, our Father, wants to see the same thing from us? To make those good decisions. To follow the teaching instruction that he's prepared for us. To take that path that, that his son took for us. The, the reward, though, the reward physically for us as parents is is that just sense of well-being, that, that gratitude, the, the wonder uh, of seeing those those kids do such a great thing, to see our grandkids do well, to see the generations march on. But in reality, the reward spiritually is for us as the children. What do we really have to give God? How do we bless God? In our behaviors. The reality is that's kind of a one-way street. I don't really have anything for God, do I? Uh, My best self, the absolute pinnacle that I can be in this life, is still so much less than the perfection of his son Jesus. So the blessing I have as being a child of God is, is really mine. It's really yours. It's all of us's. But there's another element uh, to this that, that comes into play. And that is, is I didn't choose Justin or Norma Roberts as my parents. It just happened. Say an accident of birth, a quirk of fate, whatever. You know, Kevin, you, you, or I should say, Candace, you didn't get to choose Kevin and Susan, did you? Worked out pretty well. <laughs> Worked out well. But that wasn't a choice. That wasn't a choice. 
be a child of God is a choice. We, we, we make that decision. God lays it out there for us. But that's up to us. That's up to us. My physical life, I was just born into that family. My spiritual life, I choose the family I'm born into. Isn't that an incredible thing? God says, hey, I've got a family here for you. You can be a part of it. You can be a part of it. And being a part of it is going to bless you. It's going to put your life in a direction that is going to allow you to navigate this physical existence in the way that you should, in a way that's going to direct you and, and keep, you, keep you in tune with the things that are most important in life and keep you focused on the appropriate things in life. But even beyond that, it's going to have a reward in the next life. There's so much there, and it's our choice. It's our choice. The choices I made physically weren't really mine in terms of my family. But the choice, the choice spiritually is mine. John uh, wraps up 1 John with this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. We should be called children of God. The great love God has, the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And why, why are we that? Because God provides the opportunity. And we choose to take advantage of that opportunity. Fathers, the role that you have is a vital role. It's an important role. Teach, discipline, nurture your children. I hope, for most of you, you can look at it and say, my father did that for me and I'm doing that for my child. For young people, as you contemplate the future, I challenge you to do that. But God the Father teaches and nurtures and disciplines us as well. Are we going to choose to accept that? Are we going to choose to actually be his children?